DMV Download, the new daily podcast from WTOP News, is out now. Hosts Megan Clorty and Luke Garrett get the story behind the story. Every weekday afternoon, Megan and I will go beyond the headlines with WTOP reporters and sources to bring you more on the biggest local stories impacting you, our fellow Washingtonians. The DMV Download podcast is available now on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. The DMV Download podcast is presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Politics, power, and the people. From Washington, D.C., this is The Week on the Hill. Families are paying more for everything they buy when they go to the grocery store. They're paying 10, 15 percent more if they can find the things they're looking for. House Republican Whip Steve Scalise keeping up the drumbeat of criticism aimed at President Biden and Democrats linked to the rising cost of living. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and Republicans were quick to jump on the 9% jump in inflation for June, arguing it's a reflection of failed policies. Elise Stefanik is the number three House Republican who replaced Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney in that position. House Democrats continue to pass the buck on these crises because they have no solutions. And Scalise points to an issue virtually everyone can relate to, the pain at the pump. Try to go to the gas station, you might need to fill up your car and maybe you can't make it because gas prices are so high. More than double when Joe Biden took office. That is a kick to the gut to low- and middle-income families. Democrats point out that gas prices have gone down, albeit moderately, over the past month. The national average, however, is still about $1.50 a gallon more than it was a year ago. Democrats are trying to push back on the Republican messaging, but it's been difficult. New York Congressman Hakeem Jeffries is the chair of the House Democratic Caucus. House Democrats continue to work to make life better for everyday Americans, to lower costs. But many household budgets are tight and President Biden's approval rating remains low, less than 40 percent. That could be a big drag on Democrats in tough House races. Republicans only need a net gain of four seats to regain control of the House, and historically the party in power in the White House tends to lose dozens of House seats. In the Senate, Democrats suffered another blow this week from a member of their own party. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin says his concerns about inflation mean he can't go along with a budget package that includes climate and tax provisions. Democrats have been trying since last year to get Manchin on board for what was originally called the Build Back Better package. Some now dub it the Build Back Never plan, since it doesn't seem likely that Democrats can get it to the finish line. And Democrats leaders would like to pass a budget reconciliation plan that could lower prescription drug prices, giving them something to try to counter the inflation message from Republicans. Failing that, Democrats have also tried to energize their base by pointing to recent decisions from the U.S. Supreme Court. Congressman Jeffries. We have a radical, right-wing, extreme Supreme Court majority that is undermining the ability of the Congress to address Issues of clear public concern, they are stripping away a woman's freedom to make her own reproductive health care decisions and want uh, to open the door to allow a nationwide ban and criminalization of reproductive health care. In an effort to show they're trying to do something to counter the high court, House Democrats on Friday passed two bills aimed at protecting abortion rights. On this vote, The yeas are 219, the nays are 210, the bill is passed. 
Debate on both bills was at times intense. We will not stand for this blatant and brazen attempt to control women. Women deserve better than this, and so do their pre-born babies. New York Democrat Yvette Clark and Arizona Republican Debbie Lesko reflecting the sharp divide over the issue. On the two largely party-line votes, lawmakers approved a bill that would codify the abortion rights that had been held in Roe v. Wade, as well as legislation that would protect individuals who traveled to another state to get a legal abortion. That issue came up during a House hearing earlier in the week. Catherine Glenn Foster with Americans United for Life said that a 10-year-old rape victim who traveled to Indiana to get an abortion because it's illegal in Ohio was a unique case. If a 10-year-old became pregnant as a result of rape and it was threatening her life, then that's not an abortion. California Democrat Eric Swalwell seemed incredulous at her response and then spoke to an abortion rights supporter. Ms. Warbelow, are you familiar with disinformation? Yes, I am. Did you just hear some disinformation? It is still a medical procedure that is understood to be an abortion. But while Democrats have sought to spotlight the issue of abortion rights, the legislation passed by the House won't become law because it doesn't have enough support in the Senate. The Senate's top Republican, Mitch McConnell, like his GOP colleagues in the House, meanwhile, keeps talking about inflation. Yet another fresh 40-year high, the most out-of-control inflation that American families have seen since the early 1980s. Republicans don't actually have a major plan to address inflation, but privately they indicate that doesn't really matter since they just need to keep hammering Democrats on the issue. Still, there is one development that could send them off the campaign message that McConnell would like them to stick with. And that's the possibility that former President Trump, smarting from negative reports related to the January 6 hearings, could announce his plans to run for re-election before the midterms. Many Republicans would like him to hold off, concerned that an announcement could redirect the energy of Democrats and cause the GOP to look backward at Trump's grievances about the 2020 election rather than the contests ahead. McConnell was asked about the possible timing of the former president's announcement. Look, it's a free country. We got 330 million people, and uh, who, who knows who's going to start talking about 24. It seems to me the American people are focused on 22. And ought to be, because that's the next election. And uh, they're going to send an important signal about which way they might want to go in 24 in November 22. And while we're now in the middle of summer, the midterm elections are less than four months away. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and this is The Week on the Hill. <laughs> 